0: Sometimes Christmas <clears throat> isn't all it's cracked up to be with the lights and the music and the decorations and the parties, and at least for me, it's unlike Buddy the Elf, we don't always feel like smiling. It's not always our favorite thing to smile. We don't always want to spread Christmas cheer singing loud for all to hear and It doesn't feel like the seven levels of the candy cane forest or the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops. Sometimes it just feels like we're cotton-headed ninny-muggins. Or sometimes it feels like everyone else is cotton-headed ninny-muggins. Marriage, relationships of marriage and family that are estranged, finances and, and jobs or, or lack of jobs and challenges in school and grief, either a new grief or grief of, of long time, political and racial and ethnic divisiveness and, and violence. We just had... Another shooting this week in Pensacola and even a shooting at a bank robbery in Bloomingdale this week. Addiction is epidemic. Health concerns. Sometimes Christmas is just not all it's cracked up to be. But it's Christmas and we're supposed to be joyous and hopeful and peaceful and loving and even though it's christmas and we are supposed to be filled with those things but we've seemed to lose all of these especially sometimes hope we might be hopeless and we might use phrases like it's just hopeless or life is just hopeless and friends i want to i want to say to you this morning that It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to feel your feelings. It's okay to not be okay. Hope is our theme for today. You saw the the worship band lead us in the lighting of the candle of hope. L. Gregory Jones, the, the dean of the Duke Divinity School defines hope as this. Christian hope focuses on the positive vision of the future, rooted in a vision of God and God's reign and the blessing of our created goodness. Another word for that is the kingdom of God. It's rooted in the vision of the kingdom of God. And yet it is also vigilant in attending to the realities of human sin and brokenness. Hope is is looking toward this vision of the kingdom of God, but also being cognizant of the reality of our current situation, in our hearts, in our minds, in our world. And sometimes it feels like that old children's book, that everything's a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, very bad thing. It's all around us, and but what we're learning in today in children's ministry is that God puts people and things in our lives to point us to God. God puts people and things in our lives to point us to hope. And one of those people in the scriptures is the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was writing in a, in a time that was desolate. He was writing during the time of exile to Babylon and And Israel, as we know it, had had been gone away. The Israelites didn't know if if they would ever see their land and see their life as it was again. But he writes these words of hope. He says, A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. A branch will sprout from its roots. The Lord's Spirit will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom, and understanding, a spirit of planning and strength, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in fearing the Lord. He won't judge by appearances, nor decide by hearsay. He will judge the needy with righteousness, and decide with equity those who suffer in the land. He will strike the violent with the rod of his mouth. By the breath of his lips, he will kill the wicked." Righteousness will be the belt around his hip and faithfulness will be the belt around his waist. And then this beautiful picture of the kingdom of God, the wolf will lie with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion will feed together and a young little child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together and a lion will eat straw like an ox. A nursing child will play over the snake's hole. Toddlers will reach over, uh, right, right over the serpent's den. They won't harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. The earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the water covers the sea. On that day, Isaiah says, on that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations will seek him out, and his dwelling will. Will be glorious. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hope and hopelessness. Do you find yourself in any of those places and in, in estranged relationships and in difficulty with finances and grief and any of those things that don't know about a calendar? Those things that help us help us to lose hope and lose focus they, they don't care about what season of the year it is, just because there's lights on a tree and Christmas music on the radio twenty four seven. Hope can be a fleeting thing even at Christmas time so this year uh, there's been times if I'm going to be completely honest and real with you, which I usually am, pretty open book, there's been times this year when I've been pretty hopeless for a variety of reasons. Personal and professional. and I've struggled with having hope this year. And when I was pondering back on this, I began to think about what was what was getting in the way of, of me experiencing hope? What was stealing my hope? What was a hope blocker for me? And one thing that's a hope blocker for me is dwelling in the reality or the negative side only. Greg Jones says that, that we have to hope is based in reality, but if we find ourselves dwelling only in that place of the reality or the negativity of the reality, it's going to be hard to get to a place other than hopelessness. Another thing that was a struggle when you're in that place, I think, is for me, was pretending that everything is okay. It, it can be... Exhausting, having to walk through life with a mask on that everything is fine, that life is okay, that i'm okay, and it's not healthy for us to get past this hopelessness and the last thing I think is is isolation, trying to go it alone in in if you're like me, that's, that's a difficult thing because my bent, my recharge is to be by myself. So when I'm feeling in this place of hopelessness and I'm dwelling on the reality and negative and, and I'm pretending everything is okay and, and my go-to answer is I'm going to isolate myself because that gives me peace, it's not healthy all the time. And we try to go it alone and we're not letting anyone in or asking for help. So, I don't know that I have any answers, but I want to share with you what has helped me throughout these last several months to find a place of hopefulness. I firmly believe that like Isaiah, God put people and things in my path to point me toward hope in these last many months. For me... I sought out the help of a counselor. So yes, it's okay to have Jesus and a counselor, friends. In fact, I highly recommend it. Go see your counselor and and talk and share. and, And now my counselor, we've gotten to a point where it's, we go in for a checkup. But she's kind of on there on my speed dial whenever I need her. That was one person I think God sent to me for help, and he gave me the courage to make that phone call. That's a, that's a nerve-wracking phone call, right, to make. God gave me a, a thing in ritual. Ritual, I think, for many things, helped save my life. The ritual of of how I practice just my day. You probably get tired of me talking about it, but my day begins on on the back porch, unless it's really cold like it was this week. Then I have to bundle up. But on the porch, with my divine hours and and reading and and chanting and the ritual of doing the same thing, of worshiping God, is, is something that God gave to help pull me out of hopelessness. Spiritual direction, like counseling, was a time when someone reminded me of what God thinks about me, how God feels about me. Things I knew in my head, but I had lost in my hopelessness of my heart. And He simply just reminded me of things that I already knew. OA, O Readers Anonymous, which I, I go to each week, is a place. That gives me hope. Our staff, here, you all give us hope, your kids give me hope. And they guide me toward that hope. And as silly as it sounds like, my birds give me hope. My birds that come to my feeders as I'm sitting on the porch. Mr. and Mrs. Cardinal were there today. And the tufted titmouse and the Carolina wrens. Occasional blue jay. They give me hope. They point me toward hope. Because I firmly believe, friends, that God puts people and things in our lives that point us toward hope, especially when we're feeling hopeless. In my ritual, Tracy shared this week in her Facebook video, which if you've not been watching the Facebook videos every morning, need to watch those each morning for Advent. She was sharing about this uh, this book that we both use called The Divine Hours. It's by Phyllis Tickle, and it's part of our morning ritual. And um, it was one of these readings that appeared in the scriptures that gave me hope in recent weeks. And it... Uh, It's a simple reading. It's today's lectionary reading. It's about John the Baptist. And it says there in Matthew 3 that in those days, John the Baptist appeared in the desert of Judea announcing, change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. And without ceasing, just about every day, there's there's a... A scripture or or a couple of words in scripture that jump out to me. And that day, a couple of weeks ago, change your hearts and lives. Some scriptures say repent. Some say change your hearts and minds. That just jumped off the page at me. That was part of moving from hopelessness to hopefulness. I had to change my heart, change my mind. Because the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is is near and the kingdom of heaven is here already. It's already around us. It's it's waiting for us to see it. Yes, there's lots of cotton-headed ninny-muggins around too. And there's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad things and days. But the, the, kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is already here, and at the same time, not quite here. Over the years, one of the things that I've loved to do uh, is on social media, when you see a, a bright story, a good story, which is getting fewer and far between now, I love to type the phrase and share, the kingdom of God is like this when you see these positive stories. It's so as a, as a reminder, as a beacon of hope that the kingdom is here and not quite yet. But it is here if we look around. It's so one of the reasons in, in our staff meetings, in our council meetings, and at dinner church, we start off by sharing God's sightings. We've done that a little bit here at times. God sightings help us to, to recognize that God is working The kingdom of God is at hand around us if we are disciplined to watch and look. So so I think God gave me that scripture, change your hearts and lives, change your hearts and minds, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then on that same day, God put this other reading about the kingdom of God parables. You know all those parables where Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this, like a mustard seed. It's like a man who... Planted in the field. It's it's like this, it's like that. And it was just a reminder to me that the kingdom is here. One day it was Matthew six in the Sermon on the Mount. It says, I didn't. I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body or what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? And then this word jumped off the page. Look, look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you much more worthy than they are? Look. Friends, the kingdom of God is already here. And not quite yet, but we need to look. And when you're in a place of of hopelessness, it's hard to see, but I encourage you to look. Because he has come, hope has come, hope is come, hope is coming yet. Because Jesus Christ has been born, Jesus Christ has lived and died, and been resurrected for us. So I've been rambling a little bit about my experience. I don't know if anybody can relate. This is one of those, this is one of those times in preaching where I feel I'm, I'm on the borderline of, am I doing this for me or for you? <laughs> I hope I'm doing it for all of us. But I couldn't get away from sharing where we've been. I hope I'm not alone in that. So here's a couple of thoughts for me that sum up how I move from hopelessness to hopefulness, and it's based around this question: Where are we looking for hope? You ever been there when you say, "God, give me a sign"? Anybody ever said that? Lord, give me a sign. And many a times I think those signs are simply there, but we're just not paying attention to them. This God sightings are there, we're just not paying attention to them. So, so God sightings for me are our friends at our community dinner. Some of whom are struggling a great bit, but are seeing God sightings all over the place. We have, we have a friend there who. They live in, in some woods over off Bloomingdale Avenue in a tent. And uh, up until this week didn't have warm enough clothes with this cold spell, didn't have long sleeve shirts. <clears throat> but every week they come with God sightings. That gives me hope. Children's ministry gives me hope. Creation when I read that scripture on the porch, look at the birds. I might have been a literal interpretation, but I could look at my birds. I could hear my birds. Community is a God siding. This community is a God siding. So where are we looking for hope? Here's some questions for us to ponder. Am I looking, listening, or feeling for the kingdom? Am I looking, listening, and feeling around for the kingdom? Feeling around, kind of like the middle of the night in a strange place. You have to get up to use the restroom or something and try not to stub your toe. you Are feeling around for the kingdom? Are you listening for the kingdom? Are you looking for the kingdom? Second, am I creating space For the kingdom. Are you creating physical spaces to experience the kingdom? Are you putting yourself in in physical spaces to experience the kingdom? Are you creating time space to experience the kingdom? Because I I I'll tell you, moving from here to here to here to here to here with our busy lives doesn't give space for the kingdom. You got you gotta carve out some kingdom. Third, am I I hanging around with people who are doing the same? Am I hanging around with people who are searching for the kingdom? Or am I hanging around with people that are helping me stay in the the negativity and in the reality of hopelessness? And this last one is counterintuitive, I think. When, When you're feeling hopeless and and you, you feel like you can't do one more thing, and you can't give one more thing. It's counterintuitive, but, it, but I think it moves us from hopelessness to hopefulness. Am I giving of myself and my resources? Am I, am I thinking beyond myself, beyond my situation, beyond my reality, to help someone else, to give to someone else? It gets us out of that mindset that we might be stuck in. So where are you looking for hope? Are are you looking and listening and feeling for the kingdom? Are you you creating space for the kingdom? Are you hanging around with people looking for the kingdom? Are you giving of yourself and your resources to bring about God's kingdom? One of my favorite parts of the story of of, uh, this season is Mary's encounter with, the angels and Joseph's encounter with the angel Gabriel you know they're talking about being in a place of hopelessness a young teenager, not yet married and finds herself pregnant in the Middle East that, that's a that's a bad story in 2019 it was an even worse story in the first century And Joseph, what does Joseph do? Do I save face with the patriarchal society? And he was gonna, he was gonna be honorable and, and 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 dismiss their marriage privately as not to shame her, but he had every right to shame her. He had every right by Jewish law to have her stoned to death. But even before the encounter with Gabriel, he decided well, we're just gonna we're just gonna dismiss this marriage quietly and let it. Sweep it under the rug as much as we can. But then when Gabriel came to him, Joseph embraced this whole story, this whole story of God, this whole story of hope. And at the end of that, Matthew says, all this took place so that what the prophet Isaiah would come true. That Emmanuel would be born. Emmanuel, God with us. In all of our hopelessness, in all of our hopefulness, friends, God is with us. In the lows of lows and the highs of highs and in the boredom of every day, God is with us. Friends, hope has come. Hope is come and hope is coming Emmanuel God with us so join me and join the band as we sing this prayer oh come oh come Emmanuel Amen
1: Will you stand as we sing together?
0: it's it's okay to to feel these feelings that you may be feeling of hopelessness. But but look and listen for the kingdom that is at hand. To, To point you to the direction of hope in Jesus the Christ who has come, is come, and is coming to this kingdom that is here already and not quite yet. I'm going to leave you with this blessing. This is from uh, Apostle Paul in the book of Romans is beautiful blessing of hope. So receive this benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you can overflow. Hear that. So that you can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, leave with the hope of Christ this day. Amen? Amen. amen
1: so shepherds draw the hearts of key. even as a baby you are changing everything